You're listening to Movie Making with Renell Golden, and today we're talking to Jonathan Salemi about his current film, The Last Deal. You can watch it now on Stars. Stay tuned. Movie Making with Renell Golden is brought to you by Samira Entertainment, supporting indie films and the filmmakers who create them. Stop by their website to learn more www.samiraentertainment.com. That's www.samiraentertainment.com. Hello, everybody. Today we are talking with Jonathan Salemi. Did I get it right? You did. Writer. Yay! Okay, writer, producer, director. And you have had an awesome career so far, and we're excited to have you here today. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Thank you for having me. Yay! Yay! So I was like looking how you got your start at um, in the industry, and I, it was really kind of cool because you got to work with some really great people. But before that, what made you decide you want to be a filmmaker? Uh, I was fortunate enough to know very early on in life my my father had a super eight millimeter camera and he would shoot the family home movies excuse me and then project them on on the living room wall i remember just being a young kid and just being totally fascinated by it it was oh i love that yeah yeah i remember because like i I have a nephew and niece and they're four and the other seven but i i can see how they see the world and and if they see something like that, how incredibly fascinated they could be by it. And that was me at a very young age. So, Did you ever get to play with it? Did he ever let you like take it? And No, I was too young <laughs> to play with the Super 8, but he eventually had that VHS. The camp. Oh, yeah, I remember those. <laughs> so once he, he, he got the VHS, I was older. I was maybe around 10 or, or so. I would make stop motion G.I. Joe um type of movies and stuff oh, like that. Oh, that's so in, cool. Thank you. Yeah, and turn in papers and stuff. And then I knew that's what I wanted to do. My parents, because I grew up in Boston, Mass., uh, very working class, and anything pursuing filmmaking isn't really um, within the boundaries of what people normally do. Right. So they were like, hey, go to college, get a real diploma um, in a real field, and then <laughs> you go off and do what you want. So that's what I did. I studied business management. And then I graduated and then moved out to California and got an internship at Sony at around 22 years old, I think. Oh, wow. Then, wow. Yeah. Yeah. And then um, and then just kept going from, from there. So. That business management degree probably helps you a lot because a lot of filmmakers don't understand the business side of making films. So you, you probably get it, you know, kind of have a little extra insight into what you have to do. It's very important. You need to balance it. Like you can be creative unless you have that person around you who's very business oriented. It's very far and few between that you can make indie films, uh, even bigger scale indie films without having any business acumen. Yeah, I see a lot of them do it too. And uh, the thing that always scares me is they always forget about contracts, location releases, contracts with your talent and this and that. So it, it's definitely a learning curve because now people have access to the cameras and the equipment and it's so much easier that way, but we mm-hmm. can't forget the other part. But um, what was your first movie that you uh, made? So, yeah, so uh, outside of the, the little schoolyard 
things that I made. Uh, the very first one was a feature. So when I was interning at Sony Pictures, um, I knew what I wanted to do, and uh, I was going to make a short film. And then being a little overly ambitious, I made it into a feature. So and that was called Anti Up, and shot that in Super Sixteen. And yeah, so that that was the first feature. What, um, and when you shot that, did you have a choice of what to use? Did you have that nostalgia that hey, I want to do the the sixteen or? I think at the time, I believe it was right when DSLRs were starting to come up. So, like the Canons, people were sort of using them to make the movies to to, to make their their films. But I found that the medium didn't exactly translate the quality. Like the quality wasn't exactly there. Okay. And, uh, on film, I could achieve much more of the vision I wanted. So, so yeah, so I got a grant from Panavision. Panavision gave me their cameras and lenses. Oh, wow. Which, That's awesome. Yeah, it was, it was really, um, it was really cool how the whole thing unfolded because they gave it to me. You're supposed to like submit your project with in 12, with 12 weeks, like, okay. like this window of 12 weeks. And I ended up submitting mine with like five weeks. Oh wow! Like, hey, making this, I can't afford anything. <laughs> I know that feeling. <laughs> and I, I already had all my auditions, and I was casting. I was so far along in the process, and I think um, the gentleman there—forget his name, Ray—I think his name is. I think he's still with Panavision. Oh wow! But, uh, he, um, I think he really liked my hustle and organization, and he gave me the cameras and lenses, and then Kodak sponsored it, so. They gave me the film, I want to say like 20% off or something like that. Or oh, that's so cool. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. And then how long um, did it take you to make it? It took a while. It took that took three years for production. And that was basically because it's so expensive. And and I didn't know enough of what I should have known going into it. So right. I have to like fix the screenplay by doing some added reshoots or something like that. Um, and then just the expenses, the expenses of processing your film, developing your film. Oh, yeah. The it, editing it part would be so different than what I've ever experienced as a filmmaker. I I can't imagine. So yeah, that's right probably the, timely, time consuming, right? <laughs> absolutely. It was right at the advent of, of when everything's going digital. So, you know, we're cutting the movie on Final Cut. All the music I'm getting from MySpace. So all the artists on MySpace. Oh, wow. We'd explore those bands and be like, hey, can you send me an MP3 or something like that? And we'd be talking to all these new California bands. And I love that. That's so cool. And yeah, so that's how we we made that one. And, and then, you know, once you get the expenses done of all that stuff, then you can show the film. So it took about three years. And the biggest thing I learned from that one is I never want to take that long in a movie ever again. So <laughs> so from that point on, everything else I made from that point on, I, I moved really quickly like just made decisions and budgeted really well. So you didn't have to wait or so I didn't have to Would wait. you have any advice you'd want to offer like filmmakers from that experience? If yeah, they were I mean, to do gotta, it now? Yeah, you got to do it yourself because you're going to find your own pitfalls for that was mine that I didn't do so well on. I mean, I overcame it, but but I, I, think, I think you got to go out there and, and make your own film and find, hey, what is it? that you need help with and it could be you need help with the script or you need help with uh the casting i don't know what what exactly but but yeah like 
I think you really need the budget, number one. And that's, yeah. that's, that's yeah, I big. agree. Did you find um as you got in this process then that kind of finding your team, putting together that team helps you get the job done? Absolutely. Incredibly important. So like my cousin Steve has been my story editor since I started doing this. And oh, I love that. That's in the family. Yeah. And and so having him and then I have a, a newer story editor, Dan Zatel, in the last, I think, five years, he's been helping a lot with my stories. So to like have that that team around you and also the team to show you cuts. Like one of my good friends, he's an editor, um, JD Ryan, and and I show him my cuts all the time of everything I do. And he gives me notes and and you get good honest feedback and and you really need that instead of yeah. like um going yeah. full full force and, and so what was something that you absolutely loved from the process of your first film? What's like a cherished experience from that? The thing that I loved most about that and, and it carried with all the other projects after that, including the current one and everything that come, is I really always loved the collaboration, you know, working with others. It's a very gregarious kind of, of field and um and i love that the final decision is on me you know and and it's like you have the intuition for what is the heartbeat of your film and i'm basically just a servant towards that while collaborating with everyone around me and i really love that aspect of of seeing what the the best idea is or the better idea and and feeding off of people. I, that's the part I've always enjoyed the most. That, that is really cool. So that kind of um, brings us, you know, fast forward. And now you've released this film, The Last Deal. And that film looks badass. It looks really good. <laughs> Everything, yeah. the trailer, the camera uh, work. But one thing I really noticed with just watching the trailer, now I haven't seen the whole film yet, you casted really well. It seemed like your cast was spot on for Thank that. You. So, so how'd you get to this one, and what was that journey like? Um, so, as far as the making of the yeah, the making of this film now. So this one came about because so if we start from the beginning of that first film, and I made a bunch of shorts and TV and stuff like that. I never got the opportunity to make another feature and people weren't giving me the opportunity, even though I had shorts that did really well, um, those opportunities never came. And so I knew what I had to do was make something that was commercial that people would watch and was also good, something that I would want to show. So I ended up like for the longest time reading screenplays of people that submitted me scripts, very difficult to find a good script. And I just, I think it was maybe about like five years ago or so. I don't know exactly when, but um, I started making a checklist of like, hey, here's all the things I want to have in the movie. And here's all the things that I I have access to. I have access to marijuana fields. I have access to airplanes. I have access. Oh, that's so cool. To stuntmen. I have access to these things. Well, now let's find our story and then put those elements into the story. Um, and I also had access to my like in-depth knowledge of Los Angeles and locations and great and stuff. methodology, if that's even the right word. But you know, I had to do that during the pandemic, and we're like because we lost our investor right away mm-hmm. filming. The pandemic hit, we all got shut down, and we're like, okay, we have this much money left. What can we do? And we literally were like, well, we can't leave home now, and we have the pandemic, and we're like, we got a bowling alley, so we wrote a script. Oh, yeah. 
based in the bowling alley. And it was, we made it, no one died, no one got sick, but you know, I love that methodology for putting your, your concept together. That is really cool. So how long did it take you to like write the script once you knew I need to get all of this in it? Uh, that moved really quick. So it was October, 2019. This is before, um, COVID. Before the nightmare. (laughs) Exactly. I watched the the movie, an old Cassavetes film, and it was very, like, like formulaic, like, in terms of what the good guy did and and all that stuff. Um, And it took place in, like, the CD underground of, like, Los Angeles. I was like, hey, that's the film I want to make. And Cassavetes back then, like, in the 70s, was shooting very, like, uh, indie. Like, you know, it's it's Mm -hmm. one of the original like indie f- filmmakers that's right, why right. Uh, spirit awards has a john cassavetes award and um so i was like oh i can make that and i can use my checklist and build a story that story took place around uh i think like gentlemen clubs and gambling so he was a, a gambler and stuff like that and i was like hey let me instead put this in marijuana fields with the current uh climate of cannabis and the current climate is because I'm pretty close with dispensary owners and stuff like that, that they can't obtain licenses. And these are black market people that are legit that want to go legit, but they can't because they can't get their license from California. So they have to selling on the black market and, and they can't make their ends meet because now all these legal pot shops are showing up around town and they're struggling. So they're doing things they wouldn't normally do. And so I put my character in that situation. Oh, wow. Money. And he has to borrow it from all the wrong people and then pay it back. So you got like this action film within a, a little thriller. bit of everything in there. Correct. So short story, uh, long story going to short. So October was when I had that idea, gave the outline to some friends. I had the first draft in January, 2020. So and I, I knew, like, all right, I'll shoot this in April. And I knew I had X amount of money of my own that I would make this. So I was going no matter what towards this direction. Now come March, the pandemic starts, everything's shutting down. Oh, I'm, right. I'm able to now do my location scouting in LA. Like I can bounce around from downtown to Glendale to Santa Monica in like 20 minutes every direction. Oh my God, it turned out to be a good thing for your film. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> yeah. So if you've been to LA or anyone, yes, I have. Guys, yeah. Tons of traffic. It's impossible to do that. Oh, it's crazy. Yeah. And so I wanted to shoot in April. We ended up shooting in August. Okay. Um, so during the heart of the lockdowns. Yeah. Um, and I was I was rewriting or writing that script up until we shot even through production. Probably so, even after, yeah. Did, yeah. did you, what were your challenges during shooting during COVID? What, what um, was your biggest challenge? Biggest challenge, I mean, I I was fortunate, it was a very unfortunate circumstance. Right. The best that we could. And I was very fortunate in the sense that I could get the casting. I could get all these stunt players. Yeah. So because no one was working, I had access to all these actors that I wouldn't normally get. You have so, a very yeah. good cast. Uh, the chemistry uh, blew me away because there's usually one that'll stand out, but all of yours looked just really well picked. I, I don't know how to explain it, but I, I love that when I, I can't at- explain it either. Like, like, like it, <laughs> you got it's, lucky. All, 
it all came together with a bunch of people that had a, a like vision, you know? Yeah. Um, that everyone saw the same vision and then, you know, like trusted me to, to, to steer it, but you did a great job. Thanks. Wow. Wow. How, how long was your post on this one? Everything moved pretty, pretty normal. So we, I want to say I took a little bit longer cause I could, I think, I think maybe all of posts took maybe eight months, maybe. And so you came out during the, the pandemic too. You no, were- no, no. So oh, okay. We, Cause that's hard. Yeah. We finished shooting. So we did our, our principal in August, September. I think we wrapped in September and I had more days to shoot and I shot those over December of 2020. And then we shot in early 2021. So okay. meanwhile, and it's just like two day shoots, like here and there um, yeah. the pieces. Um, and so we were editing the project up until then. And then that's when I brought in Ryan Liebert in like early 2021, who cut the, the film. And nice. I want to say, I think our agreement was something like 15 weeks or something like that. Yeah. So, so when did your yeah. film release? When did you finally release? February 2023. Oh, it's very new. How cool. Correct. Yeah. So we released in theaters nationwide. We were in 20 screens in February. And then it went on the platforms like Amazon, Apple. And then as of last week, it went on stars. Oh my God. Congratulations. That's exciting. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> How cool. I know what yeah. that's like when you have your baby. So um, what do you think the biggest difference was this time compared to when you made your first feature film? Experience. Yeah. I'd say experience, confidence, like knowing what you want, how to how to tell a story, you know, yeah. where I want the audience to look and hear. Yeah. That's, you know, you're just trying to to be the best storyteller you can. And, and you're given this, this screen and, and the audio and trying to manipulate it in a way that you're showing what you want the audience to see and to take in the story, how you feel it's best. So you can pace it out. And Yeah. So right now people can watch The Last Deal on Stars. Correct. Yep. And they can still find it on the other platforms you mentioned or not right now. No, it's on all of them. So it's, it's on Amazon, um, Apple, Vudu, Google, YouTube. Um, Last deal. How cool is that? Yeah, thank you. Cool. <laughs> now, if you had a dream project, like um, a bucket list type film you could make, what what would that be? There is one. So I have a, I'm on the second draft of a new screenplay. So oh. that one, um I start pitching in a couple of months once the writer's strike is over, but I do have a bigger film that I've had the idea for a while. Um, and, and it takes place around a, a terminally ill single mother who's, um, who's trying to provide for her, her kids after oh, wow. she passed away. And, um, and I've had that idea for a while, but I don't have the resources to make that yet. And I'm hoping after whatever I make next, I, I can have the chance to make that film. That sounds like a powerful storyline that yeah, I cry a lot because I am a mom and anything with mom and kids, ah, it's very hard to watch. How cool is that? If people want to find you, uh, where what's the best way to find out about you? And, you know, uh, what I have a website, so you can go to Jonathan Salemi, 
Sal.com, S-A-L-E-M-I, or you can go to thelastdealmovie.com. Um, you can learn about the movie and you'll find the links to Instagram. Very and all, cool. All that. Yeah. yeah. And we'll put it up when we release the interview. What's, um, is there a, uh, like an actor or somebody you dream about working with? Um, he's a little older now, so it, it won't happen. But like, if I got a earlier start in this to like work with like Clint Eastwood, that would be. Oh, cool. yeah. Yeah. yeah, and he's a powerhouse in so many areas. I always yeah. wonder that about people. Like, if you asked me, I wouldn't have a clue because I love so many, and, and my mind's always turning because I'm a storyteller. It's like, oh, this person, this, this person, that. But it's crazy. So, um, do you have a favorite uh, project you've ever worked on so far of your own? I mean, I like them all. I, I think, I think the one to me. There's a couple, but like after I made Anti Up, it was very, uh, so to speak, it was a little depressing that it didn't get the recognition I was hoping. And so I quickly jumped into a short, and that short did really well. And and, and it was seen around the world. And uh, it's called Sidewalk Symphony, and it's a little eight minute short. Um, oh. But a kid that is is too enamored with technology and is not looking at the what's in front of him and his mother takes his iPod away and oh no <laughs> yeah instead he makes music with the environment around him and uh and that one oh, and then I made cool I mean another short after that which um was m- more personal at time for me because of like of just loss and stuff like that and right uh, that called Chasing the Past. And, and that one was about a, a, a man who loses his wife and, and oh, he's wow. a time traveler that he thinks will take him back to his wife. Um, oh, that's and, so sweet. Yeah. And I shot it very like artistically compared to like everything else. And, you know, I think, I think like looking at that, it's like, Hey, that's me finding my voice and, and, and elements of that are in the last deal as well as all the other films. So. That's really cool. So, yeah. since you grew up and became a filmmaker, how do your how do your parents feel about it now? Or is that too nosy? <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. They're excited now. Oh, um, good! Yay! <laughs> they, they they've been excited all along, but when you don't have something that's out there that everyone can watch and stuff like that, it can um. They worry about like, your well being, right? Yeah, they're like, hey, just keep going, and, and you know, like, and I've been doing this for a long time, so. I've been having a life and everything else, but like, you know, you want to get to that next level. And, yeah. and, so, and so now, like, I think it's, it's a lot more fun that like everyone around me now there's that like, Hey, everyone can watch this. There's the recognition of what was made and, and um, my son the flame the next one. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. What do you, what do you have in mind or where would you see yourself in like five years? You know, it's the same thing I told my wife like a couple of years ago when I was starting the last deal. I was like, hey, here's the vision I have in mind for how next five years work. I make the last deal. It's made for X amount of dollars. That will then get me the next film made, which will be made for X amount. And then it's that third one that gets made that should be like the much bigger one. Groundbreaking, here I am world kind of film or something. That's that's the hope. That's the plan. And that's the way I hope things go. So it's a very like logical way of looking at things. It, it is. And, and it can totally happen. I have. Faith. I think it will. So yeah. um, it's just a matter of just staying on your path and 
and making it all happen. And, and then, and then, yeah, so that's kind of, that's the path I see. I, I had a friend when I started the podcast, I had him on, he, he, he's a magician and he performs all around the world, but he's also been in films and won some awards, but he quoted me something from a song and I, I want to say it was like Brian Adams or something. I can't remember, but it was something about what makes you rich. It's not money. It's um, getting to wake up and do what you love, go to sleep and wake up and do it all over again. Absolutely. And I was like, oh my God, I never thought of it that way. But I, you know, for me, this is not only what I do for a living. It's my, I love it. Yeah. And that yeah. means, you know, we have what we need in life. It's, it was a really interesting way of looking at it. And I'm like, thank you for that. I needed to hear that. So absolutely. Like, I'm yes. sure you can attest to, to this too. Like I can I can edit something all day long and then wake up and keep doing it the next day. Oh yeah. I'm a writer first and foremost. So it, yeah, I, I did hear rumors though that you're supposed to feed your kids. Um, so you have to come up for air once in a while. My kids are adults now, but uh, balance. <laughs> balance is important. <laughs> is that in the rule book? I have to pay attention to other people, but apparently there is a rule book. And <laughs> yeah, that would be a good rule. Yeah, I, good I, rule. I, I, I think that's a big thing I learned from the first project and moving along is balance. You know, once yeah, like long-term girlfriend, you know, you got to learn balancing the career. Yeah. And you know, when that girlfriend say, became my wife, you know. Yep. You got to find the balance. And I have to say, that's probably been the most challenging part of being in a creative industry. Um, Because if I could, I would do it, you know, 23 hours a day and take a nap. Right. Apparently, we're not supposed to. No, you got to stay healthy. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I guess sleep's required too. But so I am so thrilled that you came on today. And I'm so excited for you that your film, The Last Deal, is on stars. That is pretty cool. Um, And I hope that you can come back again if you have another film or you just want to talk or, you know, talk shop. I love sharing things that will help people improve in their lives in the film industry. So do you have any final advice for somebody that wants to enter into the film industry? You know, it's the cliche advice and probably hear it all the time. Just going to do it, you know, just Just do do it. And and the, the advice that I've always had is is you have all the tools around you to make what you want. It may not make it may not become the level that you're expecting and you'll have to compromise, but you have everything around you to make it. Yes. That's and it's good advice. And I love just do it. That's the advice I always give to people too. Don't talk, do. I, I have a, a, a saying I've tried to make it go viral for a hashtag, but it's dream in action. Okay, that's a good so one. We've got our dreams, but we take action, you know? Yeah. <laughs> it hasn't gone viral, but I've been trying for like 10 years. <laughs> yeah, there's that expression like a dream, a goal, a dream without a a dream without follow through as a wish or something like that. Yeah, yeah, it's so true. So yeah. true. All right, well, if you're ready, I'm going to wrap it up and we're going to do our silly five for five questions so people can know you better. Sure. Okay, all right, here we go. First question, what is your favorite food? <laughs> uh, I think it's chicken parm. <laughs> oh, it's perfect. Somebody said meat once, and I'm like, any kind of meat? And they're like, yeah, yeah. meat. 
They're carnivore. <laughs> it's funny. I'm like, okay, what's your okay? Second question. What is your favorite thing to drink after a long day on set? Um, I do like either a beer or a scotch on the rocks. Oh, there you go. Something to unwind. Correct. Um, let's see. What is third question? What is something you have always dreamed of doing, non-film related, but you haven't done yet? Um probably fishing. Fishing? You've never yeah. gone fishing? Oh, oh, never gone? Oh, yeah, never something gone. you haven't done yet, like a bucket list item, like running with the bulls or skydiving. Oh, oh, I I, I want to go to Antarctica one day. Antarctica? Yeah. Okay, take a coat. I think it's cold, right? Yes. <laughs> That's yeah. kind of cool. That would be cool. Um, yeah, when really- I got married, he, want, he got an, a chance to work up in one of those zones up there, and I'm like, oh, no, wow. I'm not going. <laughs> okay. Incredible. Uh, I would have scared me, but uh, yeah, he didn't take it. So we were young. Now I'd be like, go take it. You know, yeah. <laughs> life's exciting. All right. So you're driving in the car. Fourth question. What's your favorite song to sing at the top of your lungs? Uh, probably some Frank Sinatra song. Serious? Yeah. Oh, you want to sing one right now? No. no. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. Only you um, or your audience wants to hear it. Oh, um, gosh. I, I, I would... I would have fun with it, but I wouldn't sing if someone put me on the spot either. I'm just, <laughs> just joking. Okay. Last question. And I find this one to be very hard for everyone, including myself. What is your favorite movie? Favorite movie. It always changes. Um, That's good though. But if I had to pick just one, I think it might be Jaws. Jaws? Okay. What do you love about Jaws? I mean... <sighs> I I can watch it time and time again, and I have. I haven't watched it in years, though. But was it like the suspense, the way they shot it? There's such a suspense there. When I was a little kid and saw that, I was like, oh, it was yeah, so interesting. The suspense and then the level of filmmaking that went into it, you know, because it, it, it's it's supposed to be like a B film, but it's yeah, but it's, it's well fun. planned out. Oh my god. Yeah. yeah, it'd be either that or like Empire Strikes Back. Oh God, I love all those. I, or, you know, or, a lot of people love those. Or the the good, the bad, and the ugly. I don't know. Ooh, I like that one. That's Clint Eastwood, right? It is. It's yeah, I love coolest. that one. I, I can never like. I, I usually like. There's a thing I can ramble. I was like Rocky, Rambo, E.T., Jaws, Predator. <laughs> but um, you like pick one. Any of those are good. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I thank you, Jonathan, for coming and hanging out with us. And I wish you great success in everything you do in the future. Appreciate it. Thank you for having me on. Yes, thank you. And we hope to see you again soon. Have a good one. You too. Bye-bye. Bye. Today's show is sponsored by Gym Kitty, helping women on their health and wellness journey by providing high-quality, organically sourced vitamins and supplements. Visit them today at www.jimkitty.net. You've been listening to Movie Making with Rennell Golden. Be sure to come back for our next episode where we bring you the people who make movies you love. Got a topic about filmmaking you want to hear on our podcast? Send us an email at moviemakingpodcast at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. This podcast has been sponsored by Samara Entertainment. Thank you.